There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watson of Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 25th, 2010. Newcomers should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Bookmark all the other sites I have listed there for future use because I'm getting an awful lot of problems with the com site right now. I'll say some more about that later. And if you have these bookmarks, you can always download the latest shows, hopefully for free and go into the archives and help yourselves to that too because there's a lot of information going back from shows I've given over the years, hundreds of them, and lots and lots of links and so on and subjects and topics covered for you to try and catch up to the real world, the world that the media doesn't talk about much, the ones that control the whole planet and direct us as to where we're going. While you're there, go into the articles I've got for sale. There's books. CDs and DVDs that I put out and purchase them because that helps me just take over. And I mean just take over. There's hardly anything coming in right now. You can use PayPal, remember, to order and donate. If you want to order something, use the PayPal button anywhere across the world and a separate email with your address and I'll get it out to you. In the U.S. to Canada, same thing, PayPal for donations or to purchase and please donate as well. That, as I say, that really is the only way I really tickle over here because it's, it's incessant the cost of trying to keep sites up and so on. I'm in the process of moving a whole bunch at the moment because of the troubles with Yahoo and uh, satellite uploads and all the rest of it is all money. So that will help me keep going and purchase these things. From the US to Canada, you can use your own personal checking. It's accepted in Canada or an international postal money order to Canada. That's accepted too. It's the only place in the world that you can still use a personal check to Canada or an international postal uh, money order. And you can send cash, MoneyGram, or Western Union. It's up to you how you want to order. Same across the rest of the world, remember. PayPal for donations or for purchasing. Uh, Western Union, MoneyGram, or cash. As long as the cash is still exchanged, that is. I think shortly some of the European cash won't be accepted here. I've got a funny feeling about that. And uh, as I say, that will help me keep putting me up these shows because this is alternate news. I try to give you reasons behind things and show you the big picture as to why you have all this chaos heaped upon you at the same time. We are driven. The society is driven by media. And the media is controlled by the big boys and they will cover up for the big boys themselves and expose the lesser ones when required. They'll, they just throw them to the dogs. And of course, that's us at the bottom. And we glory in that when we see them fall. But that's the risk that the, the, the ones who want to get up there take to serve their masters. Sometimes they're thrown to the dogs like a bone. And there's lots of that happening right now. But the whole impression is to give the public the impression that everything's going out of control. Financially, um, militarily, uh, immigration-wise, 
Uh, all of that all coming to a head with mass demonstrations in different countries. Uh, they've got the, the Islam on the march in different countries as well with the paid leaders. They've got Mexicans flooding across the borders into the U.S., have been for years setting up their drug rackets. And, of course, the, that was all foretold by Jack Zatelli in his book, uh, Winners and Losers in the new, Coming New World Order, uh, Millennium. Uh, he said he wrote that in 1990, I think it was, and he prophesied what was going to come. He worked at the U.N., he still does. It's all meant to happen this way, to bring about a new system, because they'll come forward, our masters will come forward shortly with the solutions and the benevolent dictator. Back with more after these messages. Cutting through the matrix. I should add too that there's written uh, transcripts, type transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given in English and all the websites you'll see listed at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And there's also a lot of them translated into other languages on the Alan Watt Sentient Sentinel.eu site. So don't forget to look in there too. And they all have the audios, hopefully, still up there. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is I didn't know this, but I'd, I'd had some complaints from people who were trying to get the, the com sites up, cutting3matrix.com, and um, I found out that uh, for 12 hours after I upload, somehow Yahoo manages to alter the IP address, and if you type in www, it doesn't come up that way. It gets, it gets directed to a blacklisted site. But that's only for 12 hours, because come noon the next day, it's back to normal again. So I've got in touch with Yahoo to see if they'll deign to tell me what they're really up to, because they give me a lot of hassles at the moment. They've actually put a, a choke, and I put the email uh, questionnaire to them. It's up on my site, on the comm site, and the reply is there that they put a choke on my upload speed to them, just to slow it all down and sort of put me off. It's just astonishing, in a sense, what happens uh, when you're, the big boys just uh, have it in for you or, or they've been asked to make, give you a hard time. And the same with the satellite company I deal with, too. Uh, they thoroughly restrict my upload speed as well. So I've got a double whammy there from both the servers and the, the satellite company, the Internet company, uh, which I'm all paying, paying for, of course. They have no problems taking the cash but, of course, as they always tell you, everything is on their terms, and their terms are rubber. They're like a rubber band. They can flex them any way they wish, depending on who you are, of course. And they really do this kind of stuff. And it's hard for some people to imagine when you're just looking at the usual stuff like porn and that, and you're okay. But if it's, if it's me putting this stuff up here, they really don't want it getting out. Because I explain, or I try to explain, what's really happening behind the news. Now... You can't help but even look at the, today's mail and today's uh, newspapers across the planet there and see the chaos that's implanted suddenly by all the media. Now remember, we are run by the media. We are run by entertainment as well and celebrities. And a whole generation has grown up, maybe the second generation has grown up in, on this method 
uh, of control uh, where people worship the stars, they soak up Hollywood, they soak up the celebrities, and when celebrities talk, they, they suddenly have to listen because they're very important people. I'm going to put a link up tonight to um, a very good expose on celebrity culture and how the, the big media boys use them to manipulate all of us and how it really does work and explain why it works. And there's a few parts to this series. If you get past the first part, which is like a primer, very basic, but it does show you a few things, you'll get into the interesting stuff where uh, professors and different people who studied this explain what's actually happening and how they use it to control the masses. And it works very, very, very well. That's why they put people like Bono up there and uh, other ones uh, guild off to, to, to try and get the public, supposedly, to forgive their debts to third world countries through their politicians. It all sounds wonderful, but they never tell you that they really work for the banks because the banks love this. They give the loans to your country to then loan out to those third world countries that then default and you're left stuck with the debt as a guarantor, you the taxpayers. This con has been going on forever. On forever. But the media doesn't bother to tell you that. Yeah, you're still stuck with the tab. And then your government gives them another loan right after it and keeps the whole thing going on forever. Perpetual debt. The money never gets to where it's supposed to go, of course. And then you see the the big mess down in the Gulf there with the BP oil company and uh, the, the black hole that's flooding the oil into the sea. Then you look at the European papers and all the money is getting thrown into the stock market, this big other big black hole. So one's pumping it out and one's sucking it in. And we're supposed to get all hyper about this kind of stuff, you see. The world's coming to an end as we know it. That's kind of the message behind the message, getting us all ready uh, for the answers. But in the meantime, they must step up all the crisis. Crisis that was laid out long ago, long ago, when they decided to reorganize the world and destroy existing cultures because nationalism had to go. It had to go. That was, that was on the books from before they set up the League of Nations and then to the United Nations. Nationalist countries had to go. And they had this whole idea of free trade and open borders. But it wasn't open borders, really. It was selectively open to certain peoples. And they had to make sure it's from the most diverse cultures. And I saw this happening, and I lived through it, and I went through all of Europe and saw the same thing happening. And I thought, why are they flooding the country, especially ones that are completely economically depressed, like Britain, with so many immigrants when there was no work there for the people already growing up? And I realized then they were setting up the chessboard for the future, which is now. That's why. And they'll intensify the conflicts with these people, and they'd have a war down the road with them or the countries they came from. I knew that, too. I told people that. I just knew it. And sure enough, that's what's happening, you see. They go into the Middle East at the right time, and then it's all hell to pay back home with demonstrations and all the rest of it. And within these demonstrations with Muslims, they have all the plants that carry the, the nasty, nasty placards about beheading people and all the rest of it in countries like Britain, and they get away with it. They don't get arrested for carrying these things, even though anyone else carrying something with threatening people in the UK, you're immediately arrested, which means they are obviously protected and allowed to do this. 
So crisis creation is to be intensified. And with all these biter nails, as we come through this, listening to all the advisors as they try to fix and patch it all up and fix the economies as they pump billions. Have you realized, too, that since all this, this crashing of money in the last few years, countries have never been spending as much as they are now. They're throwing money, billions and billions of dollars at everything. Where are they getting it all from if we're broke? Have you noticed it? It's just utterly, utterly astonishing. There's an article in the paper today about the cost of the, uh, the G8 and the G20 security meetings, what they're going to cost the people, $900 million. That's from the Globe and Mail. Military helicopters fly April the 20th, 2010, in and out of a DZ right beside the doors of the Metro Toronto Convention Centre in preparation for the June 26-27 meetings, sort of practicing for it, you see, of the G20 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And it goes on about the cost of all of this kind of stuff. Security for the G8, G20 summits will cost taxpayers close to $1 billion. We're broke, supposedly. Broke. Supplementary estimates reduced by Parliament Tuesday indicate federal government will spend $654 million on security on top of the $179 million announced in March for a total of $833 million. The total figure greatly exceeds some published media estimates of the overall costs. In fact, the government anticipates the final cost could exceed $900 million, meaning that the cost of providing security to world leaders meeting for a few days of meetings near Huntsville and then Toronto will cost as about as much as was believed to be spent for security during the two-week-long Vancouver Olympic Games. And it goes on and on and on. And that happens everywhere these characters go. And the taxpayers foot the bill for it, wherever they go. And their big, big luncheons and so on. As they discuss ways of trimming the public back a bit and telling us to be austere. And eat less and tighten the belt. And then you look at the chaos with immigration too. And it isn't just immigration. Now Jack Satali in his book Millennium, I say he was really the, the boss behind France when he was advisor to presidents and then he, he was sent up to the United Nations. He was a sort of Kissinger of France, you might say. Uh, he wrote the book Millennium and he said what was going to happen to the States. He says the next boat people looking for work across the world and leaving their shores will be Americans. But he says because they'll be flooded with immigration from Latin America, South America starting with Mexico and then all the ones coming up through Mexico. That's not all Mexicans are coming in. And he said the ones who are the most uh, adventurous, meaning the gangs, and etc., the real tough hombres, will be amongst the, the spearhead of it all because they're going into a land of easy pickings. Well, this article is in the paper today. Uh, troops to the Mexican border. Obama says send 1,200 National Guards there. Under pressure to take action, President Barack Obama is ordering 1,200 National Guard troops to boost security along the U.S.-Mexico border, officials said Tuesday, preempting Republican efforts to force a congressional vote to send the troops. He also requests $500 million for border protection and law enforcement activities, according to lawmakers and administration officials. The President's actions comes as chances for a comprehensive immigration reform 
Obama's long-stated goal look increasingly dim in this election year. Obama has all been compelled to do something since Arizona's passage of a tough illegal immigration law thrust through the border problems into the public spotlight, along with all the massive photographs, too. There's photographs everywhere of slaughtering and killings and and all the rest of it as they came up through into the U.S. And the drug gangs, of course, are leading the, the charge. The National Guard troops will work on intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, support, analysis, and training and support efforts to block drug trafficking. They will temporarily supplement border patrol agents until Customs and Border Protection can recruit and train additional officers and agents to serve on the border. And there's a lot more reasons for this too, folks, and I'll tell you why when I come back from this break. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Now the articles that I read, I always put up the links for on my site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com and all the other sites at the end of the show for you to look at yourself. But this follows on from the last thing about the border and so on, because people have no idea of what's really going on down there outside of the people involved in the areas and uh, they've been trying to get the word out for so long about the the, 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 the horrific carnage of the people coming through over the border and the gangs with the guns and all the rest of it and the bodies they leave behind them. And it's been going on for an awful long time. And the U.S. federal government's policy was to totally ignore it because there are bigger plans than that. The U.S., of course, is supposed to be merging into the global system and all one, we're all wonderful family, one family together, just wonderful and happy. And you can't have bad news. Just like the New Agers, you know, look, don't look at the negative, just look at the positive and everything will turn out nicey nicey in the end. And that's what they've been plugging for so long, but it doesn't stop the facts, does it? It doesn't stop the, the horror of what lies around you and what's coming your way and what's already there in many, many places. This article here is from the AP Press, and uh, it says here, Deadly ultra-pure heroin arrives in the U.S. And it says Mexican drug smugglers are increasingly peddling a form of ultra-potent heroin that sells for as little as $10 a bag. Actually, it's down to seven in some places, I hear. And it's so pure, it's so pure, it can kill unsuspecting users instantly, sometimes before they even remove the syringe from their veins. It says, uh, an Associated Press review of drug overdose data shows that so-called black tar heroin, named for its dark, gooey consistency, and other forms of the drug are contributing to a spike in overdose deaths across the nation and are attracting a new generation of users who are caught off guard by its potency. You see, the youngsters can really afford this stuff. But the fact is, you see, it's been grown. The, the poppies are being grown in Mexico and further south of them. Not just the Middle East, that's a traditional area. That's why they've got Afghanistan. When Bush took over Afghanistan, uh, he lifted the ban on growing poppies to get the heroin flowing again because the big boys use this stuff to deal for their black budgets and all the rest of it. It's been well exposed in the past. But now the Mexicans have got their own brand, and I've no doubt it's genetically modified to be more potent. 
And of course, that means the big companies are in it too. Of course it does. I mean, the, 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 the most potent forms of marijuana uh, hit the streets of the U.S., and they, they had been uh, created in the, by the U.S. military. Getting back to this article, it says, we found people who snorted it lying face down with the straw lying next to them, said Patrick O'Neill. You can snort this stuff too. Corner, at the corner in suburban Chicago's Will County, where annual heroin deaths have nearly tripled from 10 to 29 since 2006. So potent that we occasionally find a needle in the arm at the death scene. Authorities are concerned that the potency and price of the heroin from Mexico and Colombia could widen the drug's appeal, just as crack did for cocaine decades ago. Well, of course it will at that kind of price. Between 7 to $10. And some of it's 80% pure. The Latin American heroin comes in the form of black tar or brown powder and has proven especially popular in rural and suburban areas because, you see, they've got their networks already set up through all the immigration, the guys that came in with the immigrants. Originally associated with rock stars, hippies and inner city junkies, heroin in the 70s was usually smuggled from Asia and Middle East, as Afghanistan primarily, and was around 5% pure. The rest was filler. This, this, is what, this is what these guys the big boys at the top, with the military helping them, of course, because, as I say, uh, they're allowed to grow all their poppies again in Afghanistan for, the, for the, the opium, and they derive the heroin from it. And says so the rest was filler, such as starch, sugar, powdered milk, and even brick dust. That's how much they love their customers, eh? <laughs> the low potency meant that you, many users injected the drug to maximize the effect. But in recent years, Mexican drug dealers have improved the way they process poppies and brightly colored flowers supplied by drug farmers that provide the raw ingredients for heroin, opium, and painkillers such as morphine. Purity levels have increased and prices have fallen. Federal agents now commonly find heroin that is 50% pure and sometimes as much as 80% pure. Remember what they said earlier on there? The stuff they were peddling before was up sometimes five. The greater potency allows more heroin users to snort the drug or smoke it and still achieve a sustained high. Now, you imagine when, when crack came in, you know all about that, and, and how quickly the youngsters were addicted on that stuff, because it was cheap. And you can smoke it or snort it. And you can do the same with this stuff. Well, you can see this sweeping right through very, very quickly, right? $7, $10 a bag. This is an attractive alternative to teenagers and suburbanites who don't want the the HIV risk or the track marks on their arms that come with repeated injections. That's opened up heroin to a whole different group of users. You're darn right it is. A very young group at seven bucks a bag. Said Harry Somers, I added that last part, of course, the agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Agency office in St. Louis. Amongst the drug's casualties was William Henderson, 20-year-old welder from rural Missouri who died in his sleep in 2009, hours after snorting heroin. He was 6 foot 1 inches tall and 300 pounds, and he'd tried the drug only a few times. Well, he's dead now. An increased amount of the deadliest heroin appears to be coming from Mexico, although the vast majority still arrives from overseas. Mexican dealers appear to be chipping away at the U.S. market. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the chaos that's been brought on and carefully planned for years and allowed to go on for years because you can't bring on the chaos unless you allow it to go forward. And then you point to the problems. Then you you come up with solutions, which generally are never close to what you think because laws are generally slapped on everyone to take all your rights away from everyone. That's what they do, isn't it? We've been living through this for years. Years. And accepting it. No privacy. Everyone's living in a world now with but no privacy because, you see, uh, there are radicals and crazy people out there and uh, and there's terrorists and all that kind of stuff. And you've all got to keep monitored and watched. Well, guess what? You know, who brought them all in in the first place? Who set up the chessboard for today? The same boys are going to give you the solutions. And what's the solutions? You can have no rights at all. None of you. In fact, you've got to be monitored 24 hours a day wherever you go. Every single one of you. And monitored from birth to death. Everything about you monitored and noted no privacy at all. Can't have peace with it and privacy at the same time, they tell us. And we watch the aggression of society who've been fed the most outrageous, disgusting culture of any culture has been get there before them. Because believe you me, those at the top of the culture industry take their orders from a higher source. And they know what they're going to push. They know they're going to push good stuff to make people happy and easy going, or angry stuff, aggressive stuff, even deadly stuff, to bring up a generation who are going to be pretty hard to handle, to say the least. When you look at all the movies that they soak up, for instance, every one has got a hero. You can't tell if he's a good or a bad. I guess he's good because he wins. See, that's what they see. He's good because he wins and he's got the biggest guns and he slaughters the most people, just like a video game. Over 20 years of this. Well over 20 years of this. Coupled with music, they call it music, there's nothing but anger and kill and do what you want sexually and so on and so on and so on. You create the morals for the society and the generation you want to use to cause the problems. And then you point to them down the road. But again, you don't deal with them. No, you deal with everyone. Laws for everyone. That's what comes all from it, you see. And we watch that the cops, too, get more and more aggressive as they separate themselves psychically from the general population and start calling them civilians now. That's the term they're using in every country, the civilians. There's us and there's them. They're the civilians. And we all belong to a uniformed army. And we've got to be tough, you see. And as everyone is being dumbed down and slowed down with hyper-estrogen in their bodies, that's the males, of course, through all the chemicals that are out there to make sure they're sterile, they pump up the cops with hormones. They've been doing this for years as well, which makes them ultra-aggressive. I've watched them for years doing that. As you see them outside Toronto, outside their gym, they used to go into with their bags and their vials and syringes. Here's an article here, for instance, and it's getting plugged all through the cops now openly. You know, this is now in the regular media, 
to show you it's, it's in the open. Fort Worth Police Chief Promotes Hormone Therapy by Shelley Slater. It says, sex drive, mental focus, energy, all were topics of discussions at a recent voluntary wellness seminar at Fort Worth Police Officers. Chief Jeffrey Halstead called the meeting to share his testimony about testosterone. That's the stuff that all the guys are lacking now. They start plummeting in their 20s now because of the the injections that have been given, uh, inoculations, and the food that's highly contaminated with the stuff too of estrogen and all the plastics in their food plus all the chemicals uh, that mummy took for cosmetics. And I've put lots of stuff on the sites before and exposés about it, and including the, the video of the disappearing male should watch that again. He said, I didn't have enough, and I and hit rock bottom until he, he was treated with hormone, uh, hormone therapy. Halstead said he believes some of his officers may be better officers with a hormone adjustment, but is a product he's sharing safe. A police chief works long hours and has to make some tough decisions. Managing hundreds of police officers is a challenge. But recently Halstead noticed something in his life was off. Stress of the job, long hours and work. Everything was getting pulled from both ends, he said. So the chief turned to Sotopelli pellet therapy to boost his testosterone levels. The therapy starts with a small incision under the skin. A pellet containing testosterone is inserted to raise levels of the hormone. Halstead said he now feels great again, and to share his success, he created a voluntary wellness program for the entire Fort Worth Police Department and invited the Sotopelli team. When your boss tells you to be there for the wellness seminar, a lot of people do show up, he said. But afterwards, it was amazing. Five of them texted me and told me uh, that was a very important day to them. He reached the contents of one of those messages, and then they, they thank him for getting him on the, the, the testosterone. It says, it may be uncomfortable for many other people in my position, but I have absolutely no problems whatsoever discussing this. It says, my benefit is I'm going to have a better canine officer, a better SWAT officer, better police executives, and people who are going to have better retirements, the chief said. Then they go into the, the levels of testosterone. And uh, he's way over the even even a dose of a guy who's who would I say 50 years ago was 30 years old, way over that. They all agreed he was taking too much. He says he went from 125, which experts says is too low, to nearly 1,000. On average, the doctors said levels should not exceed four to 500. Why? Why is 1,000? Oh, well, 1,000 is going to make you one very angry character and what do you see the cops now trigger happy cops all hyper excited whenever they stop anybody for anything can't wait to use their tasers or shoot you this is happening not just in the US it's through Canada, it's through Britain as well you see them what they do too when they're not exercising they put on an awful lot of weight very quickly and they're hyper aggressive they don't approach the people like citizens and police officers anymore they confront them Aggressively. For anything. So Halstead, this police chief, has twice the testosterone they would recommend. So, there's a, a great big ad for cops and testosterone. And believe you me, I'm sure they're having these, uh, these seminars across many, many police stations across the different countries, especially Canada and the U.S., and you can see it, as I say, in the police themselves and their behavior and in the news reports that you get when you can't understand why you'd suddenly want to start tasering people for hardly any reason at all. 
starts to make sense, doesn't it? Somebody wants this to happen. Somebody's behind it. You already start thinking why things work these, this way. Believe you me, there's nothing they do or anyone else does uh, that isn't monitored and watched carefully and followed. Always. So why would they want hyper-aggressive police all the time? Why? Think about it. Nothing happens for no reason. You know, another thing I've noticed too is that some of the, the bones that are thrown to the dogs would never have gotten in the news before. The same news used to cover everything up. You wouldn't believe the things I could tell you, but I can't tell you. Um, because the reporters who have all the evidence won't give me the actual photographs, but they've all told me about them. However, and this is mainstream guys about what important people get up to and very, very compromising positions, uh, generally uh, of not a heterosexual nature, put it that way. But um, they've been putting up some of the personalities out there uh, for years for the public to follow. And they've also been using royalty for different things and members of royalty and the lesser royalty. Again, we're in the age of, of, of the, the celebrity diplomat and the celebrity um, uh, messenger to the public. And the Duchess of York's, you know, Fergie the caller, uh, has been on different sponsored TV shows uh, going into communities and, and wrecked Britain. And I mean wrecked in some of these places where there's nothing functional, there's not a functional family anywhere. A normal functional family now is, is the mum on welfare from the state and, and, and this dad's way off somewhere or is getting soaked to the, the gills with taxes and, and, and payments living in some dump somewhere. And men have been simply put out the picture in many, many areas. So she went into these areas to, to get the women together to find ways of getting some spirit back into the community for the collectivist era, you see. And they did all this PR stuff about her, sorting all this out and so on and so on and so on, and how wonderful she was at getting involved. Well, here's an article today about the real Fergie, you know, because who's kidding who here? This is still the same Fergie. There's probably snorted more stuff than half these Mexican guys. But anyway, it says here, from the Mail Online, I'm so very sorry, shame Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson sobs, as she apologized for letting people down. I should add again, you know. 25th of May 2010, a distraught Duchess of York poured her heart out an emotional phone call from the U.S. saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Speaking to her most trusted confidants, Sarah Ferguson apologized for the embarrassment she'd heaped on her family and friends after being exposed for offering access to Prince Andrew for £500,000. See, he's the, he's, he's the diplomat for trade for Britain. And what she was promising them was they get it back tenfold, you see. And you be good to us and we'll be good to you, is what she said. This is, this is standard, though. This is, why are they exposing this now? Like, this is news. Where's your brain if you believe this is news? This is how it's always been. This, is, this graft is normal up there. They don't think like we do at the bottom. We've been trained to think in a very naive manner and behave in a more naive manner. Not these guys at the top. They've never followed the rules that they set the, the people to follow down below them. So anyway, 
And actually, too, for £500,000, she'll actually take instalment payments, but it's got to be cash. That's, that also came out as well. Then close to the shame duchess, those close to her say, they're worried about her state of mind. Oh, so right away, there's your PR spell. Oh, dear, poor, poor, poor Feggy, she's done it again. She's fragile, desperate, and in a very bad place. Maybe she'll get a whip round, should we? A whip round and get her to a better treatment centre than the National Health Service. Or, or does she even know what the National Health Service is? I'd very much doubt it at her level. One said, no one's excusing what she's done, and it will take those who trusted her a long time to forgive, but essentially she's a decent person, and it's hard not to feel slightly sorry for her. She's clearly at the end of her tether. Prince Andrew's 50-year-old former wife was taped last week by an undercover News of the World reporter, greedily pocketing $40,000 in cash as a down payment. <laughs> and there she is for charity, <laughs> you know. Telling the folk to collect their, their money out the dole in welfare to get money together for, for clubhouses, to get community spirit going again, you know. We can get cakes and cookies and stuff and maybe a game at snooker. <laughs> for, for the girls, I guess none of the guys will go there. She offered to introduce the reporter pose, posing as an international businessman to Andrew, claiming the Queen's son, who works as the UK trade envoy, could help with his business deals. Well, I'm damn sure he could too. She boasted, look after me, and he, Andrew, will look after you. You'll get it back tenfold. I can open any door you want. We had a politician in Canada that said that recently, too. You know, that's standard, that's standard business. Actually, she was a politician. It was her, her husband that was doing the stuff behind the scene. That's how it all works. It's all lobbyists and payoffs and so on. In the aftermath of the scandal, Sarah, who later admitted her former husband, knew nothing about her plans, well, she has to say that, you see, flew to Los Angeles to collect a variety award for her charity work. <laughs> I wonder who paid for that. I tended to put a brave face in things. She told the audience, when I got on that flight from London today, I thought, pew, I have had a heavy day. Ah. She appeared touched as the assembled guests, which included X-Factor impresario Simon Cowell, who rolled laughter and continued, I learned today it's about making a difference. Most importantly, I learned I hate grown-ups and I love children. <laughs> I can't read any more of this, folks. It's, it's a comedy script, obviously. But this is, this is reality. This is reality of, of the corruption at the top. You understand that kings and queens have never, ever, ever been anything like the public or the people they rule and dominate and live off of. Never. The reason you've got the balcony and a king and queen is to show you what you're supposed to copy, man, wife, and family. See, the difference with them is they're selected to mate just for the offspring to continue the rulership. And what they do in their spare time is up to themselves. They're all arranged marriages. And believe you me, they generally prefer their own gender than each other. That's, that's the history of the world. Have you looked into how they started off dynasties? They slaughtered people. They loved being in armies. They loved, they loved the body beautiful image of the soldier. Look at all your old Greek statues. Look at the dying Gaul and all these things. What do you think all that's about? They loved that stuff. Alexander the Great. The masculine figure. War, blood, guts, domination, sadomasochism. It's all, in, it's all wrapped up together. That's how they got to be very important people, by slaughtering everyone around them. And that's, that's um, link I'll put up for you as well on how the media um, 
helps promote all of this 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 whole agenda for this type these types of characters. I'll put this up. You've got to see it to show you how you're manipulated by celebrities, the people you're is put up there for you to follow and worship, because that's what they are. They give you celebrities, complete fantasies, really. You don't know them. All you know is a PR image. You don't know them any more than you know Obama. Everything that came out about Obama was put up by the press for photo ops. The family man, he's a picture seed, there's his family, there he is at home. See? That's it. That's all we need, you know. And people grovel. They grovel in the presence of what they think is celebrity and power and money. Unfortunately, they grovel. They really do. Again, that series of, of um, the media and the personalities, cults and so on, watch, it, watch the expose to show you how you're manipulated by them. They explain it all for you. It's always been like that, though. And then the hangers-on, you see the ones who get nearest to them, get their cast-off, uh, the, the cast-off mistresses, the cast-off this and the cast-off. They, they look better than the rest of the public. We now call them politicians, you know. It's all the same old thing, you know. And as long as we worship these characters who turn around and get us slaughtered, and when they want to cull us down, they have us all injected with laws. Laws put through to inject as well these different poisons and pig viruses and stuff, uh, and say it's okay for us. They don't take this stuff. They don't take this stuff at all. No, they don't. They don't eat the same GM food that you do either. At all. It's all organic stuff. It's grown special farms for them. You've got to wake up, folks, or you're done for. Aren't you sick getting manipulated from every direction? Back after these messages with more. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. That was a wailing bit, the guitar, because this is a wailing night, of course. And sometimes you got to wail when you know all this stuff, and you got to let it out. Now, I'm talking about con men, and they're all con men that are put up there for us to follow. And they're managed, and they have their PR specialists, and they've got all their advisors behind them, all the politicians, who put them in place and make sure they say, follow the scripts, etc. And they're nothing but greedy little, little con men, really, who will do what they're told and do anything at all, to get up there, like Tony Blair, for instance. I mean, here's an article here on Tony Blair, the guy who got Britain into a war that knew nothing about and didn't understand, still don't. But it was very important to get that war set off there to start off all the trouble in Britain and get everybody monitored and watched and all the rest of it. Make great sales for cameras, uh, CCTV cameras, watching everybody, make make work projects for more and more police and different associations and agencies to monitor your emails and and uh, monitor everybody, everybody's mail and uh, what they were up to and so on. Very important job. This article here is the money keeps rolling and Tony Blair gets another new job. Now he's made millions of pounds since uh, leaving office, as they say, and various shitty deals. But that's how they pay off their, their little worker boys. And it says, this time telling U.S. billionaires how to cash in on climate change. You see, that's what's all about this climate change nonsense, apart from the controlling of the public in the whole world. 
Tony Blair has landed a, a lucrative job advising an American billionaire on how to make money out of tackling climate change. The former Prime Minister, who's thought to have made at least £20 million since leaving his office, is to act as a strategic advisor to Kozla Ventures, a firm of venture capitalists based in California's Silicon Valley. The firm set up by Indian-born billionaire Vinod Kosla specializes in backing firms looking to make a fortune out of developing technology to tackle climate change. So there you go. There's, there's Tony Atta again, you see. Last I heard of him, he, he was trying to um, uh, get the Pope to, to, to put him and himself. And I think it's the new Pope, I think, who's advising the Pope on how to reorganize the Vatican. That's why I go off and, and go to the, the Dalai Lama and, and teach him how to reorganize and restructure Buddhism after that. But no, he took this instead. So there you go. It pays more pays more, and Tony will get his payoffs. That's how they pay off these characters. It's wonderful how they get, they get maybe, no, 15 million pounds or dollars, it depends what country he's in, uh, for a book on their memoirs that hasn't even been written yet by the ghostwriter. This is a payoff. That's how they do these things. For all of them. All of them. These characters will say and do whatever they're told to say and do by those who own them. They are owned, you see. Look at the characters that are really behind them, all the advisors and all the appointees, the real bosses. Democracy? Oh, come on, folks. Wake up. It's never been here. Never had it. Never will. And remember, too, that the man who understood the Council on Foreign Relations, since he was the historian for them and had access to all their records, was Carol Quigley. And he talks about the new feudal system as they privatize everything and international corporations will be the new feudal overlords. He's talking about a post-democratic system, a world system. And you always find the same names, though, whether it's private or democratic or governmentally run or whatever, same names cropping up, like Rothschilds. Who's behind the plan to radicalize the privatization of the motorway networks throughout Britain? Privatize it. N.M. Rothschild, the same guy that's got the bank set up for all the carbon taxes with his help from Al Gore. I'll put all these links up for you tonight. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, good night to me, your God, or your God's school with you.